Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson, um, recording this by myself because uh, it's really late at night and I got to get up really pretty early and get a full day tomorrow. So it's like, all right, we got to get this done. So short introduction, uh, two-parter today with... Uh, couple of uh, Kiwis, Ryan Thompson and Dane McKnight of the Bivouac Colts. Um, it was going to be a joint podcast, um, but uh, Dane didn't make it for the first half, so I talked with uh, Ryan. And then in the second half, it's uh, mostly Dane and a little bit of Ryan going in. Uh, just uh, for, uh, I think we talk about it later in the episode, but um going to probably try to have the whole team on well, we've had three quarters because bex's law has been on too but um have the whole team on to talk about god's own after the race so um, we'll see if that if we can make that work um that's it let's go listen to the podcast go fast take chances i'm gonna have a good time hiking tomorrow um, enjoy <laughs> yeah i haven't heard back from him um so you know what well it's just us if we'll you know what? I can always do two part or two. I like those too. So, yep. yeah, he's probably still sleeping, right? Could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to just wake up. <laughs> but um, you guys, I think he thought it was yesterday. So, and then I haven't heard back from him since. So, okay. Um, not, so, not sure if he'll be coming on or not. All right. Well, hey, we'll we'll have a good chat anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, how have you been in the last uh, what? six weeks since the end of the race since after worlds yeah i've been good yeah the first sort of four weeks i didn't do a lot really i was just uh resting and recovering and eating a lot of food yeah and then since then i've um got stuck into training again we've got god's own coming up pretty soon um so i've been yeah i've been training quite hard the last sort of three or four weeks getting ready for that yeah yeah so you guys down there, that's a disadvantage. You, you know, Kyle Peter calls this fat, fat season, but you got, you know, what God Zone's only what a uh, couple of months away. Um, yeah, they've actually moved it this now to the end of February. Okay. Uh, so it's only it's only about six weeks away now. Yeah. yeah. So how's the how's the training going? How you feel? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how things are coming. Um, yeah. I feel like I've recovered well from Ecuador. Um, and I think that'll give me a lot of good, uh, good strength and endurance. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Cool. Is it kind of? I mean, this was Ecuador your second Worlds because you were at Costa Rica, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's our second year. So do you feel like it makes you like a lot stronger overall? You know, people cyclists say if you do once you do the Tour de France, you just go to another level. So do you think? You know, a hard race like that actually takes you up to another level? Um, I'm not sure yet, to be honest. Um, I think this yeah. one will probably tell that. Um, 
Costa Rica for me, it, it kind of ruined me a bit because it was so hard and oh. so long. Uh-huh. Like it took us nine days. Um, and so, yeah, when we did Godzone last year, I, I don't know if I was even still completely recovered. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, and it affected my training a lot as well. Um, it was a long time before I could train properly again. So I think I think this God Zone will will tell more how much how much we'll gain from doing a World Champs and how much fitness we'll get from it. Yeah, uh, but do you do you feel better than you did last year? Yeah, a lot better. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Well, maybe maybe that supports my theory. Every time you do a World Championship, you just get tougher. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, let's talk about worlds. I mean. I'm finding, quite honestly, people seem to be really interested in in uh, knowing each racer's team, you know, their story, um, what what went right, what went wrong, and all that kind of good stuff. So, what would you say was the the one thing that really, really went right for you at World Champions? Um. Well, I think it's hard to pick sort of one thing. Um, I think in an adventure race, it's lots of lots of little things that add up to make a race go well. Um, so mm-hmm. I have to kind of pinpoint one specific thing. Um, but yeah, I think we we had a a good team, and we um, we'd only just met, but we we had a week before the race, um, mm-hmm. and we we got along really well. Um, and we sort of set out what we wanted to achieve and our goals and, and focus on that in the race. Um, so I think we ended up being, being pretty tight in the team and that worked really well. Um, and we got along really well for most of the race. Um, yeah. And then during the race, I think our transitions were really good. Um, that was a sort of a point of difference over a lot of other teams that we were much faster in transitions and we were passing a lot of teams in transitions. Um, and then as well as that, having the um, the two Ecuadorian girls, Maria and Daniela, um, as locals was just a massive advantage. Um, <laughs> speaking the language and, and you know knowing the terrain and the country was, was awesome. Um, and plus they were they were really um, tough and, and focused and strong. So yeah, sort of their their focus along with um, bit of experience from me and Dane, it, it seemed to go together quite well. So oh, cool. So maybe we should start a little bit at the beginning. How did you guys become a a multinational team, so to speak? How did that come about? Um, I was pretty keen to go. We weren't able to all go as our normal team. Um, mm-hmm. Just due to you know JJ having some work commitments and and financially as well, it, it was just wasn't going to happen for us. Um, so I got in touch with the organizer, um, just saying I'd be interested in going if there's any teams who needed a teammate. Um, and then he put me in touch with with Maria and Daniela, um, and it went from there. And then got Dane on board as well, and we had a team. Cool. Did the um, were those. Maria and Daniela, did they do Untamed England last year? Yes, they Were they did. part of that team? No. Because I remember 
specifically thinking they had a really good attitude for adventure racing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they might have not been doing as good as they wanted to, but man, they were always smiling and looked like they had a good time. So yeah, I could I could see that be a good team. So mm. so you came in a week early. You did the you know did some mountains and stuff like that. Just kind of getting to know each other. Yeah, yeah. Got up to altitude and <clears throat> yeah, had a good look around. Yeah. Were you? concerned about the altitude to start with you know before you came to the race or, or had you mm. been able to do any any kind of training yeah I was, I was really worried about it um before going over there um just because we don't have any altitude like that in new zealand uh, yeah and especially where i live the the highest mountains around here that i can climb are a thousand meters um <laughs> so there's just no way i could yeah. do any type of altitude training really yeah. Um, so yeah, we were going into it pretty cold with no, not a lot of experience or or training at altitude, but we were really really surprised. Um, we didn't have much trouble at all. Yeah. Well, I think that's you know if you're fit, you know that's a sign of fitness. I think because yeah, you know, you know if you're fit, the altitude's not going to bother you. Other than you know when it sneaks up and kicks you right in the butt. But yeah, <laughs> and I think. You know, being early in the race helped a lot. I think it did, yeah. Um, and, and part of the reason I was worried was because we had a lot of trouble in, in Costa Rica uh, mm-hmm. at lower altitudes than what we went in Ecuador. Um, but oh, yeah. I'd say it was, it was early in the race, and that seemed to help a lot. We were still fresh, and it didn't affect us much at all. Yeah. No. So there was no one one really bright spot. Where was, there a, where was your bad moment during the race? and because I know you had to have one, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably the similar thing. There's multiple bad moments, but um, yeah, the last, the last two stages, sort of the last day and a half, were really tough for us. Um, the the jungle trek through the mud, um, and and the last pedal. Um, yeah, the the jungle trek. Um, I mean, it was, it was just horrible and tough for everybody, but, um, yeah, Marie and Danny both had really bad feet at that stage, and it was just a real struggle. Um, and we've been racing pretty well until then, and we were pretty happy, and then we started to lose a few places after that. Yeah. What do you, how do you get yourself and your teammates through a, a section like that, you know, in the jungle that, you know, it's just so miserable, and it's going on for so long. Is there, you know, can you? Is there anything you can say, or does everybody just kind of suck it up and get into themselves? Um. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly, um, I certainly do my best to try and you know encourage people and keep keep them positive and and help out wherever I can. I mean, we did whatever we could in terms of taking weight and and helping each other. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, there's only you do just have to suck it up and get it done. Um, yeah. And it was so long. I, I don't even remember how long we were out there for, but it was more than 24 hours, and yeah, it just seemed to drag out. So you, yeah, we did end up with pretty long periods where none of us were even talking, and we were just we were just battling along and just getting it done. Yeah. Um, so you guys had it a little better because you and Dane. You know our our country mates and speak 
speak English? Did, did the girls speak very good English? Yeah, the English was really good. Um, okay, so you didn't have a real problem communicating. No, no, it wasn't an issue. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of fun, actually, because they taught us a few um, Spanish phrases to say during the race, <laughs> even though we were pretty terrible at them. Um, <laughs> and then we, we taught them a few of our Kiwi phrases as well. Yeah. I know when I talked to Beck, she she was pretty happy when you guys were together and she could not have to think about what she was saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think our accent is, is challenging. Um, so we, we did have to repeat ourselves a few times and yeah, it was quite funny. We sort of, when we first arrived, we had a bit of trouble communicating and understanding each other. And we probably got better and we were all right for the first few days of the race and then as we got more tired, it went downhill again. <laughs> um, you know, actually, I've I've heard that from a couple other people. Yeah, at the end of the race, it was much harder to to chat. But um, well, and then you know, Rob Preston from Australia said yeah. the other guys on Tech knew Kyle and those guys couldn't understand him anyway. And theoretically, <laughs> yeah. they were all speaking English. So yeah. <laughs> so, um, what? Um, how did you get started being an adventure racer? Other than I'm going to say. Being in New Zealand gives you a leg up on it. Yeah. Um, I started out racing multi-sport, mm-hmm. um, which in New Zealand is, is similar to triathlon that's set your kayak instead of swim. Yeah. Um, and that's what most New Zealand events racers start out doing. Um, okay. We have a lot of that style of racing over here. Um, you know, races like the Coast to Coast and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I would have started that just after I left school. Um, and then once I got into that, um, I was, you know, seeing and hearing a lot about adventure racing, but there wasn't many races around then. Um, but So I was mainly doing multi-sport, and then along the way we did a, did a few 24-hour races. Um, but that was in the period where the Southern Traverse had finished. Um, and God's Own hadn't started. So I was really keen to do adventure racing, but there wasn't wasn't much around to do. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as God's Own kicked off, um, we were really keen. We were in there. Um, so that was my first expedition race, um, and I just loved it and have kept on going from there. Yeah. So is is it very common for people just to get into into to the multi-sport in New Zealand because it seems like in the U.S. you almost it's almost passed down as the only way you get into races you have to know somebody that's known somebody that knows somebody but it is it more common just to start it start doing that yeah I think it is a lot more common yeah it is quite accessible here um it is it's I mean it'd be the same anywhere it's an expensive sport because yeah you need you need some quite expensive gear um, but more or less, yeah, anyone can can get into it over here, and a lot of people do. It's a reasonably popular sport, um, yeah. and I think I think the multi sport scene is part of the reason why New Zealanders uh, do quite well at adventure racing because they're mm-hmm. used to racing fast, yeah, um, and they've built up mm-hmm. you know the strength and speed from multi sport racing, um, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's part of the reason why Kiwis are usually pretty quick when they come to adventure racing. 
Yeah, that make that makes sense. So, did you have any background in anything before you started that? You, swimming, running, kayaking, or anything? Um, a little bit. I growing up when I was a teenager, I um I had a growth problem with my knee, um, so I couldn't run a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I did a lot of mountain biking. That was my first sort of outdoor sport. Um, yeah. And then when I was 16, 17, I started doing a bit of whitewater kayaking. So that got me interested in that. Um, and then, yeah, started putting it all together when I was when I was about 18. Um, yeah. I have this theory that a lot of advent- good adventure racers come from a paddling background, it seems like, because it's... you're just so used to making all those decisions water doesn't give you any time to think so you're really you you know you just get really used to making decisions quickly and i think that helps in adventure racing yeah Yeah. and either that or just you guys all like water something (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. um so are you do you still do any multi-sport or you strictly adventure racing um i do some i haven't done much over the last few years i've been focusing mainly on the adventure racing uh-huh. um but yeah definitely do some races um yeah i've just signed up for the coast to coast that was going to be my next question when's coast to coast it's actually two weeks before god's own um, yeah which is a bit unfortunate it's not much time between the two to recover um but i'm only doing it in a team um, okay i've got a yeah. mate who's whose teammate has just pulled out so I've been roped mm. in just to do the cycling sections of it. Yeah. So, well, it'd actually probably be a good good workout, blow the legs out a little bit before the race. Yeah, I so. think it'll be perfect, actually. Yeah. So are you racing with your with uh, your normal team for God Zone? Yes, yep, we've got our normal team back. Um, so we actually haven't all raced together since Costa Rica. Wow. Um, because Dane didn't race with us in God Zone last year. So yeah, really looking forward to having the whole team back together. Getting getting the band back together, so to speak, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you? How do you think you're going to do? I mean, that's a hard race, and that's some really good teams. But what what's your what's your goal for the race? Um, our goal this year is to race a bit a uh, bit faster. Um, mm-hmm. Previously, we've taken an approach of um, start off quite slowly, be be sort of cautious at the start and and then work our way into the race. Yeah. Um, which has been okay. I mean, that's worked well for us previously, but um, there's so many good teams at God's Zone and really competitive to make the top five um, and, and fast teams as well. We've realized that if, if we want to do well this year, we're going to have to... Um, Put it all out there a bit earlier on and start off a bit faster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, our, our goal and our aim is that we want to break into the top five, um, which, like I said, is is really competitive in God's own, um, with the just with the strength of the New Zealand teams. Um, so our aim will be to to start out a little bit faster, mm-hmm. um, and we think that we've got the experience now to to be able to back that up. Um, and see if we can be sitting around the top five early on and then maintain that throughout the race. Yeah. Well, it, you're maturing as a team, so you, you're not uh, 
you're not worried about finishing. You know you can you know you can finish a race. Now it's a question of how fast you can finish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's bang on. Yeah. And yeah, and if you don't start fast, yeah, you're just not gonna mm. gonna make up to the to the rest of them. So, um, when you, um, well, uh, let's put it this way: with God's on, you kind of know the area. Do you know? You get sort of know what's gonna be the legs and stuff are gonna be. And is there a something there you're really looking forward to? Um, well. I'd- to be honest, I don't actually know a lot at all. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, God's own organizers are pretty good about keeping things under wraps. So, okay, all we know really is that the host town is Wanaka, um, okay. and the race will finish there. Um, we don't have any idea yet of um, where it will start or what disciplines or what order or anything like that. Um, yeah. And I haven't been in that area much, so to be honest, I, I've got no idea really. Um, uh-huh. All I know is that it's really alpine there, um, quite rugged terrain. Um, so there's going to be probably some really rough trekking legs with a lot of climbing and um, yeah, quite quite high mountains and alpine country. Yeah. So, so let's – and here's probably – this is the way I should have asked the question. Yeah. What would what would you like there to be the most of? Like, what are you basically? What are you best at? <laughs> um, oh, I'd like there to be a lot of paddling. That's what we mm-hmm. we are probably best at. Um, but I also quite enjoy the the trekking in God's Zone. Um, it's one of the the features that they have every year in the race. That there's really long, difficult off track navigation. So I'm looking forward to that, just because the places you go are just incredible. Um, you know, we could be off track for for 30 or 40 kilometers in really remote wilderness, the most beautiful locations, and you know, not not see anyone else. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm guessing that uh, they pick some cool spots there. Where's the Where's been your favorite spot in a race? Yeah, you know, the place the place you got to, and you're just like, wow, this is cool, and you know, maybe stop for a few minutes and looked at it. Oh, fair out. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. The the first league in Ecuador was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Just being at such high altitude and and amongst some really beautiful mountains. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah, we had a. Uh, it was an enjoyable moment from an adventure point of view, but a terrible moment from a racing point of view at God's Own last year. Um, we were on a trekking leg um, about sort of halfway through, and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We'd been we'd been off track for a long time, um, and we'd done just done this big climb, and then we had to descend, and we got there just on um, just on nightfall. Yeah. Um, so at the top of this really rugged mountain range, and um, the sun was just setting, and beautiful sunset, and then the the moon rose, and just stunning setting, really beautiful. Um, it's probably yeah one of the most amazing 
experiences had adventure-wise in a, in a race, but um, it was really bad from a race point of view because um, we couldn't find a, a safe route down in the dark. Um, oh, so we ended up having to, to stop and sleep for about seven hours, <laughs> which was actually really bad. But it was just an yeah. place to be. I remember. Thinking well, you know, it was yeah. To, it gives it. It, it gives and it takes away, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, what was I going to say? I have these fleeting thoughts in my head every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, jumping around again. Did you guys? How was the weather for you in Ecuador? Did because there was so much hypothermia with people and really bad that. Mm. Did you guys have problems with that, or or were you more prepared than that? No, we weren't really that prepared at all. Um, <laughs> for some reason. Me and Dane had it in our head that because it was Ecuador on the equator, it would be quite warm. Um, so we took all our lightweight gear, um, okay. you know, and left our, our heavier alpine jackets and stuff at home. Um, so we got really cold on the, what would it have been, the third trekking leg, um, and ended up having to stop and jump in sleeping bags and take shelter in a hut. Um and yeah, that was pretty bad. We were, um, I mean, the girls were actually a lot tougher than us in the cold. They weren't as bad, but me and Dane were both, yeah, pretty seriously cold and and definitely had to stop. We really had no other option. Um, yeah. But the well, other thing that we found yeah. tough was just the variance in temperature. Because um, we found most nights we were getting pretty cold and then we'd drop lower during the day and it would be stinking hot. And so we just yeah. this variation all the time. Yeah. I can see that. But I think it's you're exactly right. And, and it took me a while to kind of get to that. But, yeah, you're at, uh, you know, 3,000 meters or whatever, but you're thinking, well, we're on the equator. It can't be. Mm. I mean, that, that was my thinking going down to the race. I mean, yeah. and I think that's where a lot of people actually got into trouble because they didn't have – the stuff and if you you know if you got in the middle of the night in the middle of a downpour no place to get in that's uh yeah that was bad yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean yeah. it was a bit of a rookie mistake on our part i mean i should have should have done a bit more research and <laughs> figured out what it was going to be like um yeah. so i won't make that mistake again it's the equator it's got to be warm yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so i know what i was going to ask before it's kind of a history question, but um, is there a race and or a team back in the day that you would really like you would like to go back and race with if you had a time machine? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean the the team that I always followed was um, was Seagate. Um, mm-hmm. I think. It was Balance Victor before they were Seagate. Um, so yeah, if I was if I was to go back, then I think racing with them would yeah would be the team I'd pick. Um, either that or the other thing that I've didn't actually watch at the time, but have watched since is all the um, Eco Challenge episodes. Yeah. Um, and you know, watching Neil Jones and and Kathy Lynch and Nathan, you know. Um, so yeah, yep. But I gotta, I gotta ask you one question. Do you really want to yep. race with Kathy Lynch? <laughs> yeah. well, maybe not. Maybe I should be careful. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it for people that may be a little inside, but go watch some of those episodes. It's it's pretty pretty hilarious how she uh mm. ran, ran that team so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. Yeah, it's quite yeah. entertaining to watch. So, um after Godzone, what do you got what do you guys got planned for this year or haven't you thought that far ahead? Um we're signed up for XPD again, um which is okay. in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty keen for that and looking forward to that. Um, especially since we went well over there last time. Um, and nothing else planned other otherwise. Um, yeah. But you know, possibly world champs. I'm not really sure at this stage. We just have to see how the year plays out. Yeah, it's a it's a long ways away. A lot of things got to fall into place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna get a cut. Just a couple more questions for you. Um, what's your favorite piece of gear when you're racing to take with you? That you want to have with you? That you have to have with you? Ooh, you mean outside of compulsory kit? Yeah, I mean, do you, I mean, is, is there something that you really, you know, favorite pack or whatever, you know, jacket, something that you really, really would miss if you don't have it? Yeah, I think well, one of my favourite things is probably the the headlamps we use, the glowworm lights. Um, mm-hmm. We first couple of races we did, we didn't have them, and then um, we ended up getting a team set of them, um, and they're just amazing. You know, they last all night on a you know pretty putting out some pretty decent lumens. Um, yeah. So having that, especially mountain biking and and being able to spot things when you're trekking is yeah, a big asset. So. I'd be pretty sad to go without that. Um, other than that, I quite like to carry a, a spork, which is a little little plastic spoon. Um, okay. And just for eating things on the go, makes life a lot easier. Um, so I usually have that really handy in my pack and can pull it out when we're eating a bit of food along the way. I quite enjoy that. So do you have any... Um definite go-to food that you take or do you just you know you shop local and just get it get it as you go or or is there something you really want to have with you all the time a bit of both um we took uh, some food over there with us um one of the things i really like is fortisip which is a meal replacement drink Mm -hmm. and so yeah i always had that when we race i took some of that over to ecuador with us um and the other thing which I've just discovered, which I really liked, is um, chocolate peanut butter. Um, so I took three tubs of that over to Ecuador, and um, we'd just eat that by the spoonful, especially when we were trekking. That was really, really good. Um, but, yeah, the key thing is just variety. So I'll, I'll have all sorts of food, and if I have too much of any one thing, I get really sick of it. Um, yeah. And, I, yeah, I try to go for mainly whole foods. Um so just lot, lots of everything. Yeah. So, okay. Um, here's one. Here's one, and I'm, I'm I'll be curious to see your answer. But so it's uh, six weeks to God's own. If you start packing this weekend, will you still be packing the night before you leave? Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're like we're like a hundred for a hundred on the podcast. Everybody does. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a last minute packer. 
So I yeah. usually leave it as late as possible and then wrap around and get everything ready. Can I just add, yeah. Brian will always be packing the night before he leaves. Always. <laughs> That's my dad there. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> yeah, yep, dad's the best. Yeah. They, yeah. So, well, what did, what's your dad think about all this stuff? Look. Oh, dad, he's got a question for you. Okay. Hang on, he's just coming back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about all this stuff that Ryan does? Oh, yeah. oh it's fantastic. I, I think, you know, you've got to do it while you're young. Um, it, it's stuff that I can't do at my age, but, you know, you, you get kind of get one shot at it and you've got to take it. Yeah. That's how I feel. Cool. That's cool. That's, that's great that you're, uh, you're there. Do you, do you worry a little bit when he's out racing? Not really, no. I mean, yeah. If he doesn't know what he's doing by now, he's never going to know. That's a perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's, I have my bird helping me, so she's my co-host. That's who you're laughing in the background. <laughs> so, so, all right, I got one last question for you, Ryan. Yep. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want, but I think you should. Do you think that you guys could be the world champ someday? Ooh, um, <laughs> oh, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> would, I mean, would, would your career, I mean, you know, you know, you may race for another 20 years. If you never won a world championship, would, would you just still be happy just racing? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. Um, well, it is. I mean, you know, it's because come on, truthfully, you'd you'd love to win a world championship. Whether you can or not is a different question, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just because there's so many variables, and that and quite honestly, that's what I'm finding from being around the world championships and a lot of top racers. It's just you guys are all as fit as each other. It just comes down to little things. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I could say that we would, you know, and it, and it's you know hard to say whether or not we could. Um, but I'd certainly like to think that we could be a lot more competitive than what we are now, um, yeah. and and move a lot sort of further up the rankings, um, just through you know gaining some more experience and and just building on on what we've already done. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'd I'd certainly like to be in a position at some stage where where I could realistically, or where we could realistically challenge and and be up there competing for for a world championship. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's that's all you can hope for is mm. you know if you can be you know when somebody says yeah here's the top five teams that could win. Mm. You know, I bet you in a couple of years you'll be there. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. That's certainly something we'd aim for and then like to do, yeah. So, well, cool. Well, thanks for um, getting up early. Yeah, no, <laughs> Some, what, what, somewhat early, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm becoming a very good expert on time zones around the world yeah, and what sure. works. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, we always close the podcast by 
telling you and everybody listening to go fast and take chances. So yeah, go fast and take chances. What are you What are you gonna do today? Get a training training day planned? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, my family is all visiting at the moment, so um, we're gonna go do a five k down of a paddleboard um, a little bit later on, which should be a bit of fun. Um, yeah, and then. Yeah, I need to get in a mountain bike, so I'll, I'll do that later on as well. Cool. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Yep, absolutely. We'll do. Thanks for your time. Thanks. All right. All right. See you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Hey. 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 How do I work this? How do I... Um... Is it a face? Is it a you know? Do, you, do we look at each other, or is it just talking? Just talking, because oh sweet, okay. Nobody yeah. wa- nobody wants to see me, and you know who you know who knows <laughs> if anybody wants to see anybody else, right? <laughs> so I've never done this before. That's um. Well, there's a first time for everything, right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, well, since we're both here and. We- why don't you both just introduce yourselves so people can kind of, be, between me, YouTube, Skype, and around the world, they won't be able to tell the difference between voices, but go ahead and introduce yourselves. Where you go, Ron? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Ryan. Um, all right. What is... Okay. And who's the, who's the other one? I'm Dane, uh, part of the... Bivouac Innovate Adventure Team from New Zealand. So, well, cool. It's glad to have you here. So, you know, Ryan and I talked the other day, so we're just gonna gonna mostly talk with you, and then he's gonna. If you start to tell a story or tell a lie, he's gonna keep you straight. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. So, um, well, let's start at the beginning. How did you get? How did you become an adventure racer? Um, I think. Yeah, it was it was more of a multi sport scene for me and individual racing and then um and going head to head in races with um Ryan and JJ and X and it just became a team and, and we started with a twenty four hour race together and, and yeah, it just snowballed really. Yeah. So did you guys have have you always raced together or have you ever raced separately? Well I guess you didn't race worlds last year. Or tell me, tell me that. <laughs> I get wrong. Um, we've done most of our races together. Um, I think for probably nearly three years, we did all our races together. Um, and then last year, um, we met, it was a bit different for God's own because. Um, Dane was still in recovery mode from Costa Rica, so he set out God's own, and we got someone else on the team then. Um, and then obviously there was the World Champs in Ecuador last year where yeah. Dane and I and yeah. Bex all, all raced in different teams. Um, so for the most part, we've stayed together. Um, and yeah, we, we all really enjoy racing together as a team and get along really well together, so we like it when we can keep our usual crew together. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. So you guys have all kind of basically grown up in adventure racing together. Well, ex- exactly, yeah. Um, none of us knew the sport or knew what to expect from the sport, and we all went into it together freaking out. So <laughs> yeah. 
we, we all really learnt at the same pace. So that really helped our team bonding, I think, with, um, with dealing with the issues that we faced together at the same time. So, and that's what I think has kept us together. Well, it's, you know, that, I didn't think about that. That is kind of interesting because I don't know any other teams that kind of started together. <laughs> you know, usually, <laughs> usually there's, you know, somebody brings you on to a team. So that's kind of unusual, but, um, so I think, I think, uh, Columbia, they've been together for a while, I, I imagine. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I think it takes a long time of being together to, to learn all that stuff. But do you think maybe it's, it's been a little accelerated since you've, it, well, let's say it this way. Has it been better or worse that you're all learning together? Definitely better. Definitely better. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's worked well for us. Yeah, I mean we're obviously still racing together and um, still all get along really well. So yeah, it's just seemed to work. Yeah. So, um, so what was the one? What's the one really early thing you can remember that y'all maybe all of a sudden y'all stopped and looked at each other and like, why are we doing it this way? Or or oh, let's do it this way. Yeah, de- definitely. There's one thing that we learned pretty quick, and that was um, pace. We would just get together and thrash ourselves from the start of a race, and we would go as hard as you could imagine and just blow up and just have nothing in the tank. And, and you know, in New Zealand, there's the best races in the world, so, and they were pretty quick, pretty quick to sort us out and tell us, and we listened, and it really helped us in our first expedition race. So do you think that's, you know, obviously that's a bonus having sort of mentor teams you know, you know, in a, in your country is, a, you know, in the United States, there's no teams that'll can come up to you and say, no, this is how you're supposed to do it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've been really lucky like that. Um, yeah, we've had you know guys like Ian Edmund and Neil Jones have given us a lot of help and advice, and and Warren Adam from God's Own. Um, so yeah, it's just just really lucky over here to have guys like that around that are really good guys and really helpful and have an amazing amount of experience to pass on it's it's really cool um are you is there more coming up behind you are you you know call you the second generation is there a third generation yet definitely um yeah definitely there's um a lot of our friends are top adventure racers as well and um and they push us really hard and and we're you know uh, it's just, I always talk about it with feature. Well, we always talk about it, and um, we say how cool it is that we have like at least four teams that we're all friends with really well. But come race day, we just all just are just so competitive with each other, and, and that's what keeps your edge, you know. Mm. Yeah. That's good. The other thing in New Zealand is there's a um, a lot of secondary school students are doing adventure racing now, um, so they're starting at a really young age. Wow. And then. That those those guys are coming through and and doing you know twelve hour races, twenty four hour races, and some of them God's own now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely building here, and, and the sport's really growing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it just just goes to show that New Zealand's going to be a force for a long time, right? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dane, you know, the other day Ryan and I talked a little bit about his experience at both Costa Rica and Ecuador at the World Championships. So what was – tell 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 everybody about your 
Ecuadorian experience? What went good? What went bad? What was really, what's the one thing you didn't think about that you should have? Okay. Um, Ecuador, I went into it um, thinking it was a really hot country, <laughs> and, and I was a bit worried about the altitude, yeah. but I, I worked out pretty quick that the altitude I, I adjusted to really well, mm-hmm. and the heat wasn't there at high altitude. <laughs> And um, I sort of packed a bit, a little bit light on my gear, and I got really cold. So that was my one disappointment of my race: is um, my, the temperature that I, you know, got to. Mm. But the, the race went really well. I thought we, you know, racing as a as a two-two is something that I've liked to do for a long time, and and I thought it worked really well. Um, I'd love to see the sport evolve into into that compulsory, just because I think girls deserve a lot more credit mm-hmm. than they get on the race course because they're not just a passenger they actually you you know they last longer than a male yeah and and they they can really keep a straight head when situations are are rough so um i found we found out a lot about that on the race and and i did i lost my call a couple of times in the race but that was just racing you know i'm tired and and i've done a lot of work in the race so Mm. i was pretty happy with my race to be honest i i I definitely gave it everything that i could give it Mm. yeah so let's Let's not skip over this. So, how did everybody take it when you uh, lose your cool? And and I, you know, everybody does. Yeah, but, yeah. But what's it like yeah. with two new teammates? How did they? I mean, are they experienced enough to know <laughs> that that's just the way it is? Yeah, yeah. I think they were a bit taken back by it, <laughs> and um, and and were quite freaked out, you know. Um, and and they they but they gave it back to me just as hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean. Like I said to them before the race that um, anything that goes down in this race is not a personal attack, and it's um, and we need to forget about it when we cross the finish line together. And you know, mm-hmm. and, and we did. We yeah. we, we still talk. We still get along, and it's great. Yeah. You know, um, and that that was not me as a person there. You know, you, you you can't judge someone from in a race. You just can't because it's so tough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's a mark of an experienced racer that, you know. They, you got to know that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> otherwise you should be doing something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, full credit to the girls. They and we we definitely pushed them very hard. <laughs> I've never pushed someone so hard, and so did Ryan. And 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 we helped them, and they helped us as well. And mm. and it just it, it worked really well, and and they raced really well, you know. So, well, it is an interesting, you know, that you say that with with a a, a fully split team would be kind of interesting um you know my wife's actually racing with three women for primal quest and a guy so you know (laughs) which is kind of you know even more unusual but um Mm -hmm. of course that just make it harder because you know finding the tough women sometimes can be a problem especially in the united states so so what was your what was your high point in ecuador what was the what was the best day you had is that that ryan or dang (laughs) Uh, Ryan or Dane, because right. Ryan and I, okay, we, we've had this conversation. We, that's old news yeah, to okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, high point. Um, ooh, um, probably, probably, probably the river paddle. I mean, that was pretty fun. <laughs> we we definitely enjoyed that. Um. um it was good rapids, so so it was just something to look forward to. But you know, also passing a lot of teams was definitely high. We we made places in every league, 
and we just kept making one, 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 and we had very fast transitions. So I couldn't have been happier with that. But I was pretty flat, you know, level-minded the whole race. So I didn't really have a have an amazing breakthrough point. I was just sort of the, I kept I kept um, focused the whole race and um, didn't really like wow celebrate that until we crossed the finish yeah. line or uh, we were just about there. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was well, quite interesting. I, yeah. So then, yeah. Um, as, as, well, it's kind of because I felt like felt like this one of the senior members of the team that I had to um, had to keep sort of level headed and not get let the new girls that were unexperienced to that kind of racing get too too excited and mm-hmm. too um, like hopes up that we were nearly there or we had didn't we'd done the toughest stuff, you know? Yeah. You sort of we had to yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So you just really didn't. And you think is that mostly for them or for you that you really didn't show any try to show any emotion up or down or show the effects how you're feeling? Yeah, yeah. I think mostly for the team, yeah. just because because we were we were tracking along pretty well and mm-hmm. and I just I knew what was to come and I knew that we had a tough road ahead. So I just didn't. Plus, it was I, I really um, I was just working so hard that I was physic I was just so smashed. You know, I just couldn't. But I think definitely getting a couple of cokes in me and getting warm would have been my my, my <laughs> most um, most high point of yeah. the race. But um, yeah. yeah, I didn't you know you didn't see any cool animals or anything. It was like, yeah. so I just had I sort of had nothing really. But yeah, but I mean, how how great was it having locals basically? That yeah, that was a huge um, advantage for us, yeah. and and just to talk Spanish and and locals that. You know, knew what the weather was going to do, and it was it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So how for, how how much are you looking forward to a World Championships in an English speaking country? Oh, you have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no idea. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, racers know, but other people don't know. You, you get there, and it just makes everything hard. Just getting from the airport, yes. getting getting a SIM card, going to the grocery store. It just exactly you know and you guys are exactly. it's it's sort of hard for the media side of it and we don't have any race pressure on it so i i can't imagine how hard it is on, on you guys just trying to deal <laughs> with all that stuff yeah, yeah we we found that really tough in costa rica i mean it was fine in ecuador because we had the had the girls with us and they were great yeah. but yeah that was a bit of a struggle for us in ecuador uh costa rica sorry yeah so well maybe maybe one more year and then we get some English, right? Yeah. yeah. Other than that, we have to learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just something that I don't do languages, so it's, yeah. you know. We, we know about 10 words each now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask, I'll ask both of you this. Dane, you can answer it first, in, and I'm assuming you have no knowledge. Where do you think, let's see, not Brazil. The year after Brazil, in 16, where do you think Worlds is going to be? Where do you want it to be? It might be a better better way of asking yeah. that. Well, I'd love it to be in New Zealand, um, but I don't know if New Zealand's ready for it. Um, so mm, possibly could be South Africa, um, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. I'm thinking like a like a sort of a, a longer, flatter race, you know, because mm-hmm. we've had quite, we've had quite hilly races. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
That's my opinion. What do you think? Or America. Ryan, what do you think? Got a... Or, yeah, maybe somewhere in Europe, Switzerland or something like that. But, um, South Africa would be good. I'd like to race there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, would just absolutely love to have it in New Zealand. And I, I think it will in time, but like Dane said, um, maybe not quite ready for it yet. But um, when it when it does come to God's own, we'll, we'll be loving it. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. I... It, with no knowledge, I think South Africa seems like a, that'd be where I'd be putting my money. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, where else is it going to go? Because, you know, can't be four years a row in South and Central. Well, it probably shouldn't be four years a row in South and Central America. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but um, cool. Yeah, not in, not in the tropics, please. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's uh, get some hot, flat plains, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so Dane, we, one of the things people are kind of interested in is, is like your training. Are you, uh, my shorthand is, are you a heart rate guy or are you a what's over the next ridge guy? <laughs> um, definitely what's over the next, next ridge guy. Um, I do train with a heart rate monitor, mm-hmm. but it's strictly to, um, to know what kind of energy I'm exerting, and and I don't I don't look at I know when I'm redlining, mm-hmm. I know how long I can redline for, but um, yeah, I just I just I just I'm a diesel, you know. I get up there, I get it done, yeah. and then I face my next, you know. The next next thing, keep going. It's like yeah, it's yeah. kind of like well, let's just see what's let's see what's there, right? And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that is, yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean you're just kind of. Once you're out there, you want to keep going, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't like stopping, um, yeah. I, and I like to keep the keep the truck, you know, keep mm-hmm. the pack moving along. If someone needs the jacket or a toilet, they can catch up or go ahead. And um, and I like fast transitions, um, very fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is that something? It, as the team, you just learned how to get in get in and out of the transition was without. Do you? I mean, or do you just have any secrets? Do you talk to each other the whole time, or does just everybody know get it done and get out? Yeah, well, leading it, about an hour leading into transition, if we know we're coming into it from a leg, uh, we all talk about what what needs to be done. Um, you know, so we'll talk about jobs like Ryan. You can um, you can unpack the bike. I'll take care of the food and feeders, and and we really get it down. So. We have a job to do, we do it, and if you get them done, you start helping someone else. Mm. And we're always yelling at each other, talking fast, yeah. because our first, we looked at our stats on the first uh, expedition race, and we were just so slow in transition. And now, and now I truly believe that we'd be one of the fastest teams in the World Series at transitioning. Yeah. You know, that would be interesting if they had, you know, if they would keep track of that for, for people to see, you know, just how long yeah, each they- team is in each transition. They do that in God's Zone. Oh, yeah? Um, and it, it did take us quite a few races to actually get our transitions good because I remember thinking that we were actually quite good at them mm-hmm. and then we saw, mm-hmm. the, we saw the time that we actually spent in transition from God's Zone and it was, like Dan said, it was terrible. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we slowly worked on it and eventually gotten them fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to – did you see uh, my little video why, why uh, Seagate is so fast in Ecuador? Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's it. 
I'll, if anybody hasn't seen it and it looks like a ton have, I'll put a link on that. But that's yeah. their, I think that's their secret weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that, that would be, that would, that's my advice to, um, to teams that are struggling to get across the finish line is, um, is transitioning is such a big waste of time. You know, mm-hmm. people eat and sleep and rest and transition. Yeah. But that's what you do when you earn your break on the course. Transition simply to get you back on the race because the longer you stop, the longer you don't want to be there. You know, mm-hmm. the longer, the harder it is to get on your feet again and, yeah. and get back racing and get your mind on the job. So if you're in and out without even stopping or thinking or, or just eat on the run out of transition, you can become you know, back into the race and back into the mm. job, focus. So, and then you can earn your rest that night. You come up with a plan like, right, we're going to sleep at two o'clock in the morning for an hour, and, and you just look forward to that for so long, you know, and it gets you there. Yeah. It gets you to the, yeah. Uh, uh, it's really interesting. I, I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody that has that or have talked about it that same way. So you don't even, a transition is not a rest. It's a transition. Exactly, huh. exactly. So, well, what do you do? So, what's what's your usual sleep strategies? You know, for a let's say a you know seven ten day race. Make it wrong. Um, <clears throat> usually we'd go the first night without any sleep, mm-hmm. um, or maybe have a have a quick nap, like a fifteen twenty minute. Um, but that would depend on. You know, being able to sleep easily somewhere and not have to set up a tent or sleeping bags. Um, Following that, we would aim for around two hours a night. Um, And, yeah, I mean, for a a shorter race, like four or five days, we might get a little bit less than that. Um, And then for a a longer race, like seven days, possibly a little bit more. Um, But, I mean, it just all... Each race is different, and it depends a lot on the course and how easy it is to sleep and um, dark zones, you know, all those types of things. So every race is a little bit different, but that, that's sort of our rough rough strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. After the first night, I aim for roughly two hours a night. Yeah, and do you have a do you have a time that you all like to sleep, or I mean, or do yeah. you just go by feel? Um. Yeah. For us, it's it's early in the morning, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so somewhere around sort of one two a.m. Um, we find that that's when we're starting to get really sleepy, um, and we need a break. Um, and we usually, if we can sleep at that time, it'll be a good, solid, quality sleep for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you know we're we're getting up and a reasonably fresh to kick off the new day once the sun rises. Um, but yeah, we, we Dan and I both found the sleep in Ecuador quite tough because um, because of the rules they had set up where we had to sleep in transition. Yeah. Um, and we were in, I think, just about all of our transitions during the day. Um, you know, and it was hot and noisy and um, really hard to sleep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not too bad. I can pretty much sleep anywhere, but um, I know Dane had trouble sleeping at all. Um, so, yeah. And but even the sleep we had it would be really low quality sleep because it's middle of the day and hot and so if we can we'd always yeah sleep in that early morning period. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question, but you kind of answered it. Is what do you oh, yeah. what do you think about mandatory sleep and and if there is do you have a preference like 
Would you rather do it like in Ecuador or do like the four hours in the middle of the race, like in Costa Rica? I mean, if you have yeah. to have a mandatory. Midcamp. Midcamp is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Midcamp is just such a good idea. I think it's great. Yeah. It, I mean, it puts you in control of your race a lot more, mm -hmm. and it gives you it gives you an incentive to get there. And it's sort of like a, you know, we've always been told the race the race starts after midcamp. Yeah. So to get to mid to get to midcamp, it's sort of a it's a really really high point for for a team. You know, you get a good feed and you get a good sleep, and then it's a race on to the finish. You know. Yeah. yeah well, it makes sense. I I I agree. I think that one good sleep is better. And it gives you more flexibility, I think, which is exactly. the important thing. Yeah. 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 And I think the setup in Ecuador didn't actually make the race any safer because we found that we were going without sleep when we needed it mm -hmm. in order mm -hmm. to, to use up our rest time and transition. Yep. <clears throat> and, I mean, often even then we weren't either weren't sleeping or weren't sleeping well. So um, if yeah. anything, I think it made it worse um, for us. But yeah. we're we're open to um, new ideas and races and and all that. So we just you know we just get on with the job and um and accept what what's in there rather than um, arguing about it and and yeah. making a big scene. So yeah. yeah, it's just all about what works for the organizer really because it must take a lot of um, time and and stress to organize a race like that. So well, obviously, yeah, it, yeah, it does. But I'm I will bet you won't see the the eight hours spread out anymore i, I mean i think yeah. it was a good idea but i i don't think i haven't talked to anybody that liked it yeah exactly yeah so let's um you know i haven't talked to a lot of people about this especially on the podcast but let's uh talk about the penalty <laughs> and and in specifically what i want to know is that is there's obviously a reason why most of the teams did what they did which you know why why did why was what was the reasoning why did you guys do that um well it, our, our root book was in spanish so okay. um dan and i had never actually read it <laughs> um, so okay. i i still to this day have not read the wording of of what was actually written in the root book um so i think i think it was just an easy mistake to make um it was it was i'm assuming it was easy to overlook yeah. um yeah especially judged well, by the fact that most teams did it um yeah. and i mean seagate are a really sharp team and and they they know the details and they know the rules inside out um yeah. and and that would be the reason why they they did it right because um they would have known and checked and and done it properly um but i think obviously for everyone else it was just easy to assume oh you know we go this way and it seemed obvious and um easy mistake to make Normally, if there's an out of bounds, it's crossed on the map, and I think that's what caught, caught a lot of people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is because every, literally every other road that was out of bounds was X'd off, and you know, mm. three red X's on that map would, you know, would have yeah. changed the race. Yeah, it, but then again, I look, you know, look at it and all that stuff, and would it really have changed very much? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, I think the organisers dealt with it in the. In the best and fairest way possible. Obviously, it wasn't an ideal situation to have, but um, I think the you know the penalty was fair and and it had to be um, introduced before the dark zone. Otherwise, it would have had a potentially had an adverse effect on the teams who had gone the correct way. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think they dealt with it as best they could, and um, we just got on with it. We just said, oh, we were, you know, yeah. we've got the penalty. All the teams around us have got the penalty as well, so we'll just carry on and race as best we can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what you have to do, right? You just, you know, you stomp your feet and swear a little bit for five minutes, and then just go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, um, let's see. Ryan, what what did I what did I ask you that I haven't asked Dane? <laughs> um. So. Well, I do have something. So this is for both of you. So. Yeah. Okay. What Dane? You you start first. What's okay. something that Ryan doesn't know about you? Because you guys have been teammates <laughs> forever, and you should probably know everything. But there's got to be one thing he doesn't know. Um. Hmm. <laughs> oh man that's tough that's really tough I, I don't um, um, yeah. no I, I couldn't answer that question he doesn't he knows everything he knows me he knows me really I've, I lay it all, I've laid it all out on the course he, he probably doesn't know how how emotional I get at the back of the pack Okay, so cause that, yeah, that's right. So when I get down in a race and and I start missing home and missing you know yeah. loved ones and that, I go to the back of the race and um and I and that's my time. You know, I just say, don't talk to me, don't even mention me, just leave me alone. Hmm. And he, they probably don't know. Ryan wouldn't know how how deep I am back there. You know how hmm. what I'm going through and I'm you know shedding tears and I'm not I'm not telling people what you know how how emotional I get. While racing, but it's good. It's a way of me dealing with yeah. the um, yeah. mm. problems that I face in, in the race. Yeah. Cool. And then, and then I come back, and I'm the happiest person around. So yeah, he probably doesn't know what I'm going through back there. So, no, yeah. it's that's definitely a fair comment. Yeah. yeah. Of course, now he does. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. you have to tell him. Yeah. To, tell him to. Uh, piss he'll off. never know. He'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. Yeah, it's funny because okay. I'm because yeah. I'm usually navigating. I I'm not always that aware of things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember when we were heading over to Ecuador and, and the sort of the week before the race, we were telling a few stories about previous races and this and that, and Dane was telling all these stories, and I kept going, when did that happen? I can't remember that. Like, what was, because I, you know, I'd be focused on the math and I don't pick things up or don't don't know what's going on. And Dane was going, were you at this race? Why, why can't you remember any of this? <laughs> okay, Ryan, so it's your turn. Um, oh. it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Um, hey, come on, this is a hard-hitting, let's get it on podcast, not. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. There's well, one thing I don't know if Dane knows this or not, but um, we had a conversation one of our races that about about you know shedding tears and crying during a race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ah. every, everyone else had said they cry, cried during races, and I never had. Um, but Ecuador, I I got a bit emotional on that jungle trip, <laughs> the last trip, and um, that was the first time I'd ever cried on a race. Oh. I, I followed your lead actually, Dane. I was sitting out the back. Oh, uh, right. 
just I didn't know a few things and I uh, yeah <laughs> tears. Yeah, you're right. It's it's um it's good. It helps you. It helps you with your race, eh? It helps yeah. you just sort of put things in perspective and and carry on quite well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that's uh, I I can see it because quite honestly, sometimes it's it's pretty emotional just watching somebody finish. You know, just yeah, just from exactly. from a spectator point of view. So I can imagine what it's like for you guys. So and mm. and it, you know, as I've told people, at one time I was actually pretty good on the bike and so i can remember a few times finishing races and and you just kind of overwhelmed so it's cool yeah yeah so it's as long as we're you know this is like maybe a first three guys talking about emotion so to speak (laughs) is there things that you guys talk about during races or when you're out that let's say your family doesn't know or or you guys are the only ones that you'll talk to about it? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, we do, we do, we do get really personal with each other, and mm. we want to know relationship statuses, and you know who likes who, and and mm. but but nothing, um, nothing out of whack. And yeah. but we do, we do um, put everything on the table with each other yeah. while we're racing. And um, but yeah, nothing our families wouldn't know. I mean. Yeah. I'm pretty straight up and down, and I don't hide anything, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I bet you there's there's conversations that, and I don't want to know any of them because I know some of mine that you have with yeah. with your teammates or maybe even other teams that you would never have anywhere else in the world except out in the trail in the middle of nowhere yeah. after five days. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. There is, definitely. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just tell people if they want to – know what those are about they need to start adventure racing <laughs> yeah 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 we've seen yeah we've seen some sites out there between people mm-hmm. and, and yeah so, and other teams so just just because we're talking about this i'm going to post one of my favorite videos from untamed new england with with barb campbell where she basically shames her teammates into going for another checkpoint so <laughs> <laughs> and, and and there's nothing wrong with it and it's really cool and it's just, it's a very typical conversation but but in the end she's like well if i was by myself i'd go <laughs> and of course you know what that means for the men right yeah yeah so, um, <laughs> definitely all right i got one more question for you dane and this is kind of a hard one because i think ryan kind of had a problem with it but um do you think you guys could be world champions someday and what's it going to take Yes, um, oh, I definitely believe that. I think, I think the um, the passion and the headspace that we all have is just just natural for adventure racing. We're so we're so tough and determined, and um, and I just I just can't stop, you know. But it will take a lot of support behind us, and um, we ha- at the moment we have got really good sponsors. But to to train and race around the world full time, it costs a lot of money, yeah. and and that's just what we need, you know. We need someone to come in and, and really help us out and get behind us so so we can um, and achieve that. And, we, you know, we've achieved a lot in a short amount of time. So judging by, you know, that, I think I think we can, could be, definitely. Yeah. Well, see, Ryan, he's got, he's got a positive attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Good. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thanks, guys. I am... Um, since we made this work, I'm thinking maybe after God Zone, 
maybe we'll try getting the whole team on at one time. Cause, oh, exactly. Because, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I, finding people really, really like to hear about races, and it would be kind of interesting if we can uh, can make well, – we, we got we got three people figured out. Maybe we can figure out how to do five, so. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, so well, cool. Well, let's see. If we told everybody to go fast and take chances when I talked to Ryan, but I just told them again. So, um, thanks for taking the time, guys. No worries. Thank you. All right. Thank um, you. you know, I might even be putting this up this week, so I'll let you know. Cool. Um, no and send me send me links to all your sponsors, can you? Yeah. So we'll put those on there. Yeah. No worries. So. Sure. So, um, cool. Well, we'll talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Randy. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Bye. See you, Ron. See ya.
Hey Jake, why don't you uh, take a minute to introduce the band for everyone? Y'all, we stole this band from James Brown's band. He played with James Brown for 12 years. We actually stole them from Josh Stone, but this man was, the, you know, in James Brown's horn section, and the, the man called him the ninth wonder of the world, Mr. Jeffrey T. Watkins. The ringleader of this disorganization We call him the Funky Miracle from the Radiators Retired, Mr. Reggie Scanlon, y'all. This man needs no introduction. Played with the Neville Brothers and still is for the last 30 years or so, somewhere around that. And he wrote the book on this stuff. This is Mean Willie Green playing the drums, y'all. We stole this guy from out here, from you guys. The secret weapon. From another planet playing all the keyboards and vocals, Mr. C.R. Groover. We can't forget about my brother from another mother here on the guitar. Y'all played with the Dirty Dozen for the past six years and before that many, many other bands. Mr. Jake Eckert, y'all, on the guitar. And we do have our sixth honorary member with us tonight, but he is not coming up here yet. And he want to get a grandiose introduction. <laughs> yeah. So we just got done uh, doing some shows with the guys from Little Feet. Anybody heard of Little Feet before? And we had to learn some of their tunes so Paul and Fred could play them with us. And we said, you know what, them tunes so damn good. Let's just keep playing it. So can I get a touch more of this in that monitor right there? And we'll see if we can make this thing work. 